Soft Connection. We are back with another installment of No So Network. This time we are brought to you. We are coming at you with Elimination Chamber. This time I got my Saudi Prince, Mike Rossi, with me. Mike, what's going on, man? Not much, man. You know, I, I seem to be the guy that comes in out of the bullpen when it comes to Saudi show. You know what? I'm yes. okay with that. Seems to be a pattern, I guess. But uh, I guess it is what it is. You know, it's a happy coincidence we'll take it as. Uh, but you can be our Saudi prince on the No So Network if you want. Yeah, and I mean, the, the lucky the lucky thing here is it um, seems like we've had a pretty exciting last 24 hours in news. So we can, we can get rolling with that, too. Yeah, let's not fuck around, man. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Coming back or what? Is he going to accept this offer? How much money is it going to take? What's going on? Stone Cold back? What do you think? I'm, I mean, it, the, the promos with KO definitely are geared towards him wrestling some sort of Texas legend. I mean, he went out so far as to say, you know, if I don't get in that chamber, I'm not going to make it to Mania. Um, and I don't want to make it to Mania anyways because Texas stinks and I don't want to perform in front of those people. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, he had a big smile on his face. He, like, I saw the meme that was going around, like, when that was him smiling, and it said, uh, you know, this looks like the guy that found out he's wrestling Steve Austin at Mania. So, I mean, it, there's a couple different ways you can go. I mean, obviously, whether it's a singles match that, you know, goes six, seven minutes, or if it's kind of like, you know, they did Cena and Taker in New Orleans, um, there's a couple of different ways that they can make this happen and, and kind of not put a lot of strain on Austin and make him have to do too, too much, you know? Yeah, um, I don't... Fuck. It's it's exciting, um, it's you know it's but it's been 19 years. I was in goddamn high school when he last wrestled. Uh, it's it's just it's it's interesting, but you don't really want to get your hopes up. Um, is it really worth the squeeze at the end? But you know, just gonna just thinking about being in that arena for that reaction for when he comes out. It's just like goddamn pal. That's that's just gives you the goosebumps right there. So. Is it is it worth it? Yes, but you know, with a tempered expectation, of course. But you know, I'm super happy for fucking Kevin Owens. This is huge for him. He has the Daniel Bryan return in New Orleans, and now he has the fucking Stone Cold, you know, quote unquote return for a match. So that's a cute little notch on his resume. Uh, I, I'm super excited for him. I just a little hesitant on if it's really gonna go down. But if if it's gotten this far. Fuck, you know, I, how long do you think they've been talking? How long has this been in the works? You know, I want to know the details, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, so I heard a rumor, and I kind of dismissed it because it didn't really seem like it made sense to me at the time, but this was probably four or five months ago. I had heard somebody say, so I don't know if it was Mike Johnson or it was, it was one of those guys that I don't really read a lot, um, that said that he had heard that they had sent a ring down to Austin, kind of like they did with Edge. Um, to kind of, but it was more so to gauge like what Austin could do physically and like for like a segment or something. Um, so like at that point I was thinking, oh, maybe they do something like rock and Rowan at, at 32. Um, but you know, it's, it it could go, it could go good. I mean, Austin could be in really good shape and they, they plan out a safe spot for him that, you know, it doesn't go crazy. But the thing that sucks is, is something like this would be better suited as a surprise. But they need to move tickets. So that seems to be kind of what's pushing them to do this. Um, they were running a two-for-one sale on Monday for Valentine's Day. So I definitely think that they're going to need to announce it, which kind of sucks. Because something like this would be even better as a surprise, I think. What, like what are you, like a surprise match? You kind of need a build if you have a match. It's not like it's a Rumble entrant. But I, I guess well, that's what I mean. Like, even if it's like a, 
yeah, even if it's like a five minute match, I don't really think you need to have a build as much as like you have you have Austin kind of get baited into the match by KO for the weeks ahead of it. Um, like if he just keeps shitting on Texas and then Austin comes back for that to like kind of shut him up, like then you don't really need to hype the match before that. But I mean, obviously, if he's coming back, it's to sell tickets. Yeah, they need a little boost there, I'm sure. But is there any way we can get a tag match out of this? With who? I don't know. I mean, short of getting, I mean, you think Zane's probably with Knoxville, so he doesn't fit. Yeah. I'd hate to see the burn Rollins on on kind of a Rollins and KO kind of on a. I don't want to. Say an unimportant match, but a not like work rate type match. They kind of need well, at least one of them to give you a work rate type of match. Um, yeah, I mean, other than Rollins, they kind of have to pull something out of their ass to make it a tag match. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm like, shit, who would even fit with Steve Austin? <laughs> you know, that's a hell of a spot in a tag match. And it's, you know, KO. What, what other Texas legends might there be? I mean, obviously, we don't want to say Ticker. Um, but is there like a. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. Man, that's a way to bring them both back. I mean, Cody already cured racism in um, everything in AEW, so he can come do whatever he wants in, uh, in WWE, right? Yeah, his dad was a Texas legend, so uh, fuck. I don't know. Who, you know, uh, Taker would be on You can come out with the polka cute. dots. Taker on paper is cute, but it's just, nah, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm all set with Taker, man. Uh, maybe yeah, and Austin Taker. Maybe Austin Taker's not like on. a... But, I mean, the other thing, too, I mean, I guess you could do Rollins and KO. Like, if you give Rollins a singles match on Saturday and then you do or vice versa and then you do the tag, like a short tag match with them the next day, I think that that could work. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Austin Theory versus KO and whatever. I don't know. This is the, I think it should be a singles match and, you know, 10 minutes is the ceiling, six minutes is the floor and... It's it's super safe and it's just fun. It's about the moment, really. You know, that's what it kind of should be. And I don't know, we'll see. But hey, it's it's exciting. I, I say, fuck if if it's this far in the discussion, if it's this far, you know, up to make it to a point where it's a rumor and you could tell just by Ko's face, you gotta think it's gonna happen, right? Yeah, I mean, I I want it to happen just for Ko. Like I'm a big KO oh, yeah. guy, one of one of the nicest guys I've ever met in wrestling. So I want this to happen for him. And who knows? Maybe that's why he resigned. Maybe they told him, "Hey, you you signed this contract and you get Austin at Mania." Yeah, you know, it could be something that could have enticed him and pushed it over the top. KO and KO and Rollins versus Austin and Shane. That's my last volley. <laughs> oh man, I, I can't think of anybody else Texas. Yeah, anybody else Texas that would make sense. Um, I mean, JBL, that, that's not, not going to happen, you know? Stop. Yeah, take her, but I'm all set. All right, well, you know, Stone Cold, in the last 24 hours, Stone Cold Steve Austin is not the only news going around the fucking web. Cody Rhodes is leaving AEW, report says, and then 20 minutes later, it's confirmed that he's talked to WWE and that it's pretty much going to happen within the next two weeks. Where does Cody Rhodes fall on this WrestleMania card? Because you got to assume he's in it. You know? Does, does, yeah, I mean, he, first thing, first thing I thought of, I mean, it's tough for me to see him as anything other than Miz 2.0, like and then Trophy Wife 2, kind of like Miz does. There's like it just they almost seem like the same character, <laughs> so that's why it automatically made me think about them having a match together. That's um, and they are good friends. They're both friends with Cardona, um, but and it's not, it's not. The thing is, if you do that though, that kind of 
typecast That's, Cody into being like a mid-carder. It slots him into the upper mid-card. Fucking, what's Cena doing? Let's bring him Cena, rock, strap a rocket to him with Cena, and let's get our money's worth. It's, it had to be millions and millions of dollars to get him in the door. You know what I mean? I understand. Yeah, I mean, if if let's talk if Khan was going to let him go, it's not. Yeah. Like, he's trying to leverage himself to get a CM Punk $4 million contract. And I can understand Tony Khan being like, nah, man, we're good. Your wife's a pain in the ass. Um, I'm, I don't want to say power hungry, but I'm pretty in control of this company. I don't really, you know, Cody, I don't really need you right now. Thank you for your services type of deal. Like, how about just keep you at the deal you were? And I can understand Cody having somewhat of an ego, not somewhat of an ego. Cody has an ego. And for to see Cole come in and get overpaid, to see CM Punk come in and get $4 million, Brian's probably making $2, 3000000 million. And then you have, have Alistair, Andrade. All these new faces have come in in the last six months or to eight months. And Cody has fallen and fallen down the card. So, And he's kind of in his own Cody-verse where he was doing his old ang- angles with incoming guys, mid-carder guys, trying to create guys, go-go, Andrade. Uh, black, you know, he was just never in the mix with the top tier guys. So I can understand both sides of the fence with t- Tony Khan and both sides of the fence with Cody Rhodes, where he's doing his own thing and he's kind of not needed. Yeah, he's Tony saw him as a draw, but you have shiny new toys and is this, you know, pr- building block of AEW, is he really worth the squeeze because of the distraction of his wife? His wife is on TV doing horrendous stuff all the time. No direction. She seems entitled. She seems like she woke up on third base and thinks she hit a triple. And I could just see it being a total headache for Tony. So I understand the low ball offer. And I understand Cody's side of wanting to get the offer. So it's the cards just aren't lining up for those guys right now. And it isn't. Am I a super, am I a Cody guy? Fuck no. I can't stand Cody. He's had, he had a great 2019 in that company. He had a, Dustin to Jericho to get in the, to Brody Lee like that was a hell of a start but the last 18 months no man like I just went up no man's man lost in space not nothing to go by nothing happened searching for shit you know whatever so I'm good with him going away and trying his hand on WWE because hey when he left in 2016 that was his goal to make himself a bigger player once he returned and he's definitely done that three times that we could imagine him being. So. Yeah. It's like Drew McIntyre. I'm like crack. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like the Drew McIntyre plan on crack, but it like, he just turned himself from like a mid Carter into that option to come back. now as a, as a main eventer, but like kind of piggybacking off the AW talk. Like I did some research today. Cause I was like, what, I don't really remember Cody's last like memorable match. Like oh, people are going to say that ladder match. I fucking hated that ladder match. Cause they didn't sell a lick that entire thing. It just, it was spot, spot, spot. It just wasn't, wasn't for me. Um, but I mean, think of his pay-per-view matches this year revolution. He was in that face of the revolution match, which was a Ethan page Scorpio sky thing. So that was legitimate definition of mid card. Then he wasn't even on well, double or nothing. He wrestled Anthony Agogo all out. He wasn't even on the show. And then um, what's the last one? Full gear. He was in that weird tag match with Pac against Andrade and um, Black. So, I mean, he kind of got the rug taken out from him in AEW by your punks, by your Danielsons. 
because, you know, do you want to watch a Cody Rhodes match on a pay-per-view now? Or do you want to watch a Punk or Danielson match get a little bit more time? So ultimately, he kind of probably got to the height of what he was going to get to in AEW. And he would have just probably kept falling down that card and made his matches look unimportant as it got you know further along the line here. Yeah, and is that what? So it's the, and if he's ever gonna go, yeah, if he's ever gonna go to WWE and get four or five million a year, it's right now. If he waits a year Absolutely. and he just does another extension, he's not gonna be as worth it to them because then they're gonna be hunting for your Moxleys, then they're gonna be hunting for your Jerichos. Those guys still have a higher bit of equity than Cody does. The only hey, thing Cole. that I can, I can't say with Cody, though, is Cody going to WWE can give you some backstage work as well. Um, and that that company might have too many cooks in the in the kitchen. But his backstage work with Brandy could be more geared towards what WWE really excels in. And they don't really have a top guy to do their charity work now. So there's a lot of things like like Cody. Cody and was thanking Brandy today because she had just signed off on some deal with the American Heart Association on the way out. And how Amanda Huber is going to kind of take over that side of the business now. but that's where like immediately Brandy fits right in. Like she can, you know, Steph McMahon does a lot of that stuff. I mean, alongside Brandy, I don't know if they'll get along based off everything the last couple of years, but they're kind of similar in that way that the, the charity work is a good, they're, they're good at that. Um, and then Cody's going to come in and do the same thing. I and mean, he's good at that. Um, and he still has a lot of friends at WWE, you know, Big E, uh, Miz, you know, maybe Ryder comes back with Cody, <laughs> you know, um, there, there's so many Sick different yeah, things that you could yeah, there's so many different things he can do in WWE that are going to be fresh. Where in AEW, the freshness is gone on pretty much everything. I mean, he can't go for the world title, um, which they probably wouldn't want him to anyways. But, I mean, it, what I was thinking about today, as I was initially shocked by everything this morning, it's it's going to make more sense for him long-term to go get that contract now because it's just not going to be there for him if he waits another year or two. No, it's it's and, and he's the first guy to jump. He's the first significant guy to go from the other side of the fence this side of the fence at the end of his deal so that's significance too and that's that's a very significant for the wwe i'm i'm more interested in how the wwe treats him it presents him in, than really how cody does really it let's see it's it's his mania match is gonna be huge like i said if it's against miz and, and it's a mixed tags bullshit all right you're an upper mid card you're a mid carter maybe an upper mid carter and you have to work your way to the top but he come in and he they put him against a Drew McIntyre, they put him against a John Cena, they put him against an Edge, against an a, even against AJ Styles. One of those guys, this could really reshuffle the Mania card, first of all. But if they put him against one of those guys who has been in a WrestleMania title match before, that, that's headliner WrestleMania, you know they're gonna get the they're gonna get their money's worth right away, and that's gonna give him a kick in the ass right away out of the doors, knock the doors down. I just want to see his first meeting with Triple H and see how that goes. Because Triple H is a guy that Cody yeah, has admitted. Yeah, I love Vince even. Yeah, Triple H is a guy that Cody has admitted to in the past of looking up to. And if you can look at Cody's tracks, early tracks in early AEW, that's a guy that he, you know, imitated and all that stuff 100% and really wants to be. And they want to be Steph and Triple H, like, to the 10th degree. So, oh, I'm interested in, you know, gun to your head, what's his match? Mixed match? What do you think? I don't want to see Brandy wrestle, so I'm not even going to bring that up as an option. Uh, Miz made a lot of sense on paper, but I don't think like like we were saying, we don't want that's something you could do once you've established Cody. I think um, Edge, if Edge is time, let's so let's go through that real quickly. I know you guys did your card, yes sir, on um, the show that previewed NXT. So like I listened to that. So like so let's assume AJ's with AJ's with Edge, and then we'll talk about the title match later, but. 
let's assume there's no title involved because if they go the double title with Brock and Reigns, let's just assume they do that. Now that's going to leave you Lashley, Seth Rollins, um, Damian Priest, Austin Theory, Riddle, Orton, but assume Riddle and Orton are together. So how does Cody fit into that raw landscape? Because Rollins and Lashley seem to kind of be in a collision course. Um, I know you were, you guys were talking about the trio, the triple threat match with Owens, but if Owens is with Austin, maybe you do Seth and Lashley. Then I just don't know where he's going to fit into that raw card unless a scene is back for him. Um, and then I, if you go over to SmackDown, there's, I mean, what, who, who on SmackDown's ready? Like Nakamura? Drew. And the, Drew. Oh. Drew? Drew. Get rid of the Corbin. Yeah. Blow off and that off. could be a way to get Drew away from Corbin. Yeah, he, it's easily. He walks in and says, I I watched what you did, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to imitate it, and I'm going to take your spot, just like you rose up the card, and, you know, I'm, I'm coming in to take your spot. I'm not I'm not rising the card. And that's your feud for Mania, Drew. There you go. But And my biggest fear is that they bring him in as a baby, because I don't think he's going to get that groundswell of support from the WWE uh, audience. But if you bring him in as the smart ass heel that can just say, Hey, uh, we made you guys sweat for the last couple of years, huh? Yeah. Something like that. It immediately establishes him as a monster heel. And then, you know, I think even Brandy, if Brandy's going to be on the show, she should be a heel. Oh. And here's the deal. Brandy, Brandy and Cody if to W she's probably going to be okay at that. But I, what I didn't like with her was like the Dan Lambert stuff when she's a uh, like talking ghetto and talking about her tits and just there's so many different areas that were there. I think in the WWE world, she might be reeled in a little bit and you might be able to get the better side of her. You know what I mean? Here's the thing. They both deliver, they both deliver fantastic promos. It's the, it's the verbiage and the direction and the freelancing is, was always the issue with them. So, you know, if they get a little tighter playbook to play with, with the promos in the WWE landscape, they should be fine. Here's the thing. How about, KO is occupied. Give him KO spots. A triple threat. Rollins, Lashley, Cody. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm cool with that. I mean, if you want to establish him that high up, that's the way to do it. You know, make that uh, co-main on Saturday, and and you know, the right underneath Ronda, and and get going with Cody from there. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not advocating to give him the title right away, but no. it wouldn't Put be the worst idea position. either if you want to establish him. Yeah, exactly. I'd position him with Cena, Drew, or that triple threat. That's where that's where I got him. I think Miz, and especially a, a mixed match with an outside possibility of Edge. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'd say I, an outside I, possibility being Edge. Or, yeah, what's we'll that? All right, enough of Cody. We'll see where he lands. We're here for the chamber, Mike. Let's get into it, brother. Women's elimination. Yes, sir. Chamber. Nikki Ash versus Dewdrop versus Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Versus the mystery guest who was turned out to be Alexa Bliss. Mike Rossi, give us some stats in this match real quick. Sure. So we've got two of the four, two of the six that have been in chambers before. So this is going to be the first chamber for Rhea Ripley, Nikki, A.S.H., Bianca Belair, and Dewdrop. Um, so they have zero experience in the chamber. Alexa's been in one, and she actually won it back in 2018. She won that first women's chamber, um, and she last eliminated in order Bailey and Sasha. So those are the final three. So, I mean, they really built her up for that to then just turn around and drop her out to, I think, Nia at that mania. But but they gave Alexa that first chamber spot, so she's going to know her way around the cage more than most. Um, although she's going to be probably rusty, but we'll talk about that in a second. And then Liv's been in two. Um, she was in the one in 2019 that was the tag chamber with Sarah Logan. She got no eliminations there, which I think that was for the, the crowning of the first women's tag titles. 
she didn't win that. I mean, Bailey and Sasha went on and won that. And then 2020, she was in the one that Shayna ran roughshod over in Philly um, and got eliminated there with no elimination. So she's been in two chambers, but she hasn't really been able to be successful at all in those two chambers. But if she gave her the leg up, she's got the most experience outside Alexa. Oh, the numbers. All about the numbers and the stats. Yeah, I mean, she's probably – Alexa's probably been in the match the longest, but Liv has been in two. Yeah, I'm curious, Alexa, this is, you know, this is the first, it's the hard first match back for Alexa, you would assume, so that's interesting, but, um, alright, while she, I said to you, Mike, instead of previewing this match, I'm going to give you 100%, spread out that 100% throughout these six girls, you got to at least give 1% to each girl, and then, you know, do the equation on what you, ex- you know, their percentage of winning, so uh, let's start from the bottom. I have two girls with 1% chance of winning this match. Do you have How many girls do you have with a 1% chance of winning with this match? Two. Two as well, and I bet they're the same two. All right, I'll go. Nikki Ash, do drop. 1%. Yes, sir. All right, sure. so we're giving a 1% chance. You know, do drop just had her chance. Nikki's going to has put over Rhea, and uh, there's really no chance for these girls to win the match. Um, maybe a Nikki... Maybe might get a, a, a little sneaky heel elimination, but I doubt it. And then Dewdrop should get the uh, the Braun Strowman treatment where she takes some people out, no eliminations, but she looks strong, and maybe they all team up, and she's the first eliminated. But that's kind of that's kind of it. Make Dewdrop look good and make uh, Nikki Ash look sneaky. That's their role in this match. Do you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I agree. I could see Nikki Ash being kind of one of the first ones in because she can go a little bit. Uh, She's a good wrestler. um, And I think they'll probably, yeah, and Dewdrop will probably be like, uh, obviously Bianca's going to be last in because of that gauntlet. I could see Dewdrop being, you know, fourth or fifth in. Um, She's going to be one of the later ones, I think. Yep. Run a rough shot for a few minutes, and then they team up and get rid of her. It's a good spot. Just make her look good. I like Dewdrop. She's on the rise. The Becky match was boring, but it was in a terrible spot. And it told, actually told a decent story, but um, Dewdrop, uh, rise up stock-wise for me. I'd stick her in a tag team after Mania, get her more established that way. All right, so... How does she, how do those two fit into a Mania card? Who, um, Nikki and Dewdrop? Dewdrop, Dewdrop and ASH, yeah. Do they, is, because they don't do the Battle Royals anymore, do they? Maybe uh, they, they bring they it back this year, because they have to, maybe they bring it they back. have the yeah. full crowd. I don't know if they have enough women, though. <laughs> well, you can bring back all the old timers again right maybe bring some more nxt girls up for it yeah i kind of like the gauntlet the gauntlet uh, tag team for the girls that deserve it but uh i don't know i don't know i'm necessarily i'm necessarily sure if they need to be on the mania card if it's outside of a uh novato royal but i don't know maybe Dewdrop is in it they are already in a maybe, match tag team somehow maybe if they do the gauntlet tag those two are a tag team yeah just throwing it out there just, that's a good, uh, that's something they do. Stick lower card heels together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's something they do. But we and you could do like the superhero and the dewdrop. Like it just, yeah, I could see that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. All right. So next I have with fourth, the fourth likeliest to win. I have Liv Morgan with 3%. Who do you have fourth? I give her, I, I, I also have Liv, but I gave her 8%. Ooh, um, spreading it out. You know, All right. Still very unlikely, but I think that, you know, they, they clearly like her. Um, I mean, I, she's not going to get another match with Becky, so she's not going to win. But I think she's going to get an elimination or two. I think they're going to try to make her look good. Still make I her look pretty her good start. in this match. 
can see her starting. Yeah, her and eliminating Nikki. Yeah. Yeah, her and ASH maybe go the first five, and it might be pretty good. I mean, I like Liv. She keeps getting better. Um, this just isn't her time. But I just gave her a, threw a little ball and gave her eight percent. I went three percent because I okay maybe there's a chance that she went you no. Know, yeah, she doesn't have a one percent chance, but she has a three percent chance. It's still terrible. But hey, maybe there's a chance that they throw her a bone into three way match at Mania, and this is her way of sneaking into it. That's that, that's why she has a three percent chance instead of a two percent or a one percent for me. But um, you know, Liv's the Becky program didn't did, did her favors. It didn't do her no favors. Definitely did her favors. And she, you know, kind of in the like in the post game show of the Rumble, you know, she's in her teen phases. Once she's gonna she's gonna break out once she's a, she's a woman. You know, she was a girl. She's in her teen phase now. She's on the way up. But um. The girl I had next with the third most likely chance to winning was Rhea Ripley. And I uh, I gave Rhea 5%, but, you know, it's Rhea. The only reason I gave her so low as percent because I think she got her shine on Monday night in that 42-minute performance in the gauntlet. That was very Seth Rollins-esque in the past gauntlets or Kofi Kingston-esque in past gauntlets. Rhea, uh, Rhea had her tits out, literally, and she was... She was popping. She looked awesome. Um, her match with Nikki was decent. And then her match with Dewdrop was pretty good. And then she had two bangers with um, Liv. And then she had an absolute banger. with. I think that's the first time that they've touched on the main roster, besides the Rumble with Bianca and Besides Rhea. the Rumble, girls, yeah. Yeah, last year. And those girls fucking... That, that was something that I wanted to see later in this year, for sure. So, you know... I think that was Rhea getting her shine. She looked awesome last night. So I thought about this kind of similar to the same vein you were. So I thought about Rollins winning the gauntlet and then kind of getting a push from it. And then I I thought of um, Kofi winning the gauntlet and then getting the push from it. That's kind of what they do. They kind of, they don't have them win the gauntlet. And we'll talk about the gauntlet again when we talk about Bianca, because I'm going to have thoughts with that too. That kind of made me think twice about this. This, and I'm still kind of up in the air, but I had Rhea at 10%. Um, I think ultimately Rhea is going to be in the title picture at SummerSlam. That's just the vibe I get. Uh, maybe she even has yep. money in the bank. I don't know. But I think that there's going to be that Bianca Rhea match is probably going to be this summer. Assuming Bianca beats Becky and wins this match. I don't know. But whether you do Rhea and Bianca or, or Rhea and Becky this summer, it's going to be a good fit because it's going to be fresh. So I gave her 10%, but I agree. I think the typical wisdom would be that gauntlet performance. Now she's going to come in green. She's not going to be able to perform at her best on Saturday. Um, I don't think she's going to win, but she's, you know, 10% to me, you know, I'm a betting man. Every 10%, you get a one in 10 chance. so, um, I think that, you know, it's not outside the realm of possibility coming out of that gauntlet match, but I don't necessarily think she needs to win a chamber to be elevated to that point right now. Agree. I think her, yeah, like I said, her shine was last night and she's not, this is last night did a lot for her, but, that lot is going to be in the summer and stuff, but I think she should be on the mania card. I just don't think it should be in this spot. Like if there was a battle Royal, she should win it, but I tag her uh, with live. Yeah. That, that, that was, they have, they had nice vibes last night. That was, that was cool. But, but um, all right. So was Rhea second or third for you? Third at 10%. All right. So my second, which I'm assuming your second is, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is returning, and I'm giving her a 10% chance of winning this match. Just because maybe they have, maybe Bianca establishes a personal feud in this in this royal in this uh, elimination chamber. Maybe Rhea and 
Alexa wins the match and Bianca comes out with a personal feud for Mania and Alexa Bliss is returning, big merch seller, big lights against Becky. That's start, you know, a, a top a pillar for them in the past. There's a pillar in the past. That's a big match for them on paper, but I just don't see it, but I I'm not going to rule it out 10%. What do you think? I give her 30%. Um, for a, a lot of this, you're a little more liberal with these percentages. Well, I'm not, not like you, like when we start talking about it, I mean, based off your percentage, you probably got Bianca at like 75 or so. Um, I see a lane where Bianca doesn't win this. Um, and, uh, and if she's not going to win it, I think it's Alexa that does. I mean, up until last night or Monday night, it was about, you know, who that sixth person was kind of lame the way they did it. I'd rather have just been a surprise on Saturday. Okay. For everything you're saying, Alexa moves merch and she'd move a ton of merch Mania weekend in a singles match. Um, with and and here's my other argument with it: Becky, with Ronda on the card, with potentially Austin on the card, with potentially Cody on the card, with uh, Reigns match on Sunday, which is the assumptive day. Becky really doesn't have to be in a super high end spot on this Mania card as much as she needs to be in a spot that she's kind of just able to show her thing. Now, the thought that I'm going to say now, just because this would be the, the the path we would go down to make Alexa the match, do we want Becky Lynch to lose this title and go into the match, you know, as the next year in L.A. as the challenger for Ronda, or do we want Becky to continue to hold this and then Ronda be the one that actually is the one that finally beats her for it next year in L.A. I don't. I tend to lean the challenger route because I don't think Ronda will be around much past that LA Mania. So I think we almost have to get the belt off of Becky in the spot or this summer. But we could very easily delay Bianca beating Becky for that title because Bianca needs to win their next singles match. There's no doubt about it. We can delay that off of Mania this year and do it this summer. And it's a very Vince McMahon way of thinking things because if Becky is going to be let, let's just fast forward to 2023 and say that it's going to be Becky and Ronda and Reigns and The Rock, because obviously that's going to be Vince's wet dream. Reigns will come out of Mania one night as a champion. Becky will come out of you know her match in Mania as a champion. Certain people only watch Mania every year. They don't watch SummerSlam. They don't watch the Rumble. Those people are going to then say next year, hey, Ronda's still champion or Ronda's still at the top of the card. She's a stud. Reigns is a stud. Maybe that's a path they go. And if that's a path they go and they don't want to take the belt off Becky at Mania, then that's where it would be Alexa. But if they do want to just give Bianca the win back at the major Mania moment, then that would be Bianca winning this match. I'm kind of hesitant on Bianca winning a title at two straight Manias. I don't think she needs that. But the story does make the most sense to go the Bianca route now. So that's why I'm still picking Bianca to win. But I just want to talk the route of Alexa being the choice for this winner. Yeah, it's it's not a bad argument. It's a good argument. Um, you have, like I said, six stadium shows this year left. So you could easily, you know, if instead of Bianca and Becky, you can do Rhea. You know, Rhea and Rhea had that nice baby face moment with Bianca. She could go. She Bianca could eliminate her again in the chamber, and then Bian- and then she could go absolutely nuts, and destroy Bianca in the chamber, and Alexa could get the cheap win. And then you have like you have the the star versus the star, and then Bianca has to get through Rhea to, before she chases Becky at Money in the Bank, where it's Vegas to Vegas, or SummerSlam, where it's SummerSlam to SummerSlam, 
and then Becky's run is even longer because honestly, it kind of does have more legs in it. She has more challengers established on Raw. She'd have to go through Rhea again and whatever. So there's meat on the bone with Becky, and you did a pretty good job of swaying me, but I'm still going 80% Bianca. What was your percent left on Bianca? 50. 60? 50? 50. Okay. 50. So you're going 50. Okay. So yeah, I mean, coin flip to win it, basically, but. I'm going 80. I think it's I think it's set in stone. And I, there are the card is more juicier now, but I still think on in, it's um it's going to be a co-headliner one night. It's going to you know it'll be a semi-made one night. It'll be second to last, either probably the second night right before Rock and Roman. And um it's a pretty and good that's spot. where I I really my opinion really swayed on this match when I saw how they laid it out on Monday with with Bianca's Bianca. The other another WWE trope is they don't typically give the person the win on Monday to then turn around and give them the win at the pay per view. So that that's too. where the that's where the blood feud happening out of Rhea and Bianca out of you know Bianca ruining Rhea's moment on Monday. Maybe Rhea you know gets eliminated by Bianca in the in the match and then goes crazy and beats the shit out of her and then she gets beat by whoever is next. Um, there's there's a path there for that. And I mean I'm glad that you said that that could be a, a kind of a blood feud for them. Um, and honestly, it's good for them to be in a singles match on Mania. And there's, there should be other another woman singles match that doesn't have a title. I mean, they've got two days. And and I was thinking this week as I was watching, you know, Charlotte and, and Naomi on Friday, how the women in WWE are almost at a 50-50 split with the men as far as like their matches feeling just as equally as important sometimes. And especially with this Ronda dynamic, they're going to kind of keep pushing that at least for another year, year and a half while they have them all. So there is that path, too, that you've got that Bianca. Rhea singles match, you know, second or third on a show on Saturday or Sunday, given some time, and then they can say, hey, these are our stars for the future. Now Becky looks strong, gearing up to next year's Mania and all that fun stuff. So I like that path, and I think it's a pretty good idea. I just ultimately Bianca Becky's the bigger match, but you know, that's why I only have it at fifty because I feel like you know there's definitely a way out of this not being Bianca. You did a bad job. Yeah, B- Becky's reign should end with Bianca. Absolutely. Is it Mania? Most likely. Could it be one of the other stadium shows? Hey, I see a path now, too. But, hey, let's go. Belair and Montez versus Cody and Brandy. Who says no? Me. All right, next match. <laughs> next match we got here is um, Rey Mysterio versus The Miz. Quick build, rematch at Mania, or quick pro- program and pivot because Cody signed and they want to get out of this program. <laughs> what do you think? I see a lane where... Um, and it might not happen this week, um, but I see a lane where Dominic turns on Ray and ends up as the Miz's lackey. Um, I, I like that. But then maybe you get to, that's a way to get to um, Ray and Dominic at Mania. I feel like Ray and Dominic at Mania should happen this year if they're not going to be in a big tag match together to like win the tag titles and have that moment, which is also possible. Um, them and Alpha maybe or you know multi-team or something. Um, but at some point, that match is going to happen. Whether the split happens now, I don't know. But they've spent a lot of time getting to this match over the last month or so that it almost makes me feel like they might be going that way. I don't know who's going to win this match. I almost think Ray will to get the, the big pop in Saudi, um, get, get all the princes off of their coaches. Um, but... I would put Ray as the, in the winning spot here, but I'm very interested to see if they pull a trigger on a Dominic heel turn here. Or it could be a pivot to get to Mania. Who knows? Um, it's a, it's an all right match. It's just it has 2,000 fucking 10 vibes, which is weird to me. Um, 
it should be okay. It's Miz. It's gonna be it's Ray and Miz. It's it's a three star match at best. Um, it's it's it should tell a decent story. And I don't know. It's interesting because of Cody, and it's interesting because uh, like the like the kid, the Ronk Dom and Ray stuff, like you said. But the next match here, we got Lita versus Becky Lynch for the Wall Women's Title. It's a fun legacy dream match. Uh, I don't expect much match wise, but it should tell a decent story. And uh, I'm just curious if this is it for Leah. You know, the the last night, the build's been pretty fun, but last night was a weird vibe from Becky. So I don't know if she's playing head games or if it's just to kind of suck Lita in to get it like a, a quick stroke victory like they would do because Lita got something else past this. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't know how to read that. How did you read that? I liked it, but I agree. I didn't really understand where they go with it. Um, I, the match, I think Lita stinks. Um, I, I've never really okay. thought Lita was great. Um, and she didn't really look good in the Rumble. I mean, she looked better than she did in the Rumble in, in 18 um, because it seemed like she's kind of gotten herself a little bit more ring shape for more of a longer run here. But I don't, I'm very scared of her with a crowd that's not going to be an electric crowd for her. Um, being able to pull a big match out of this. Like, if this was in the U.S. and, you know, it was in a hot city, yeah, Lita would be pretty over. I don't know that she will be in the kingdom. Um, so, and she's kind of a build-off-the-crowd-vibe type of wrestler. She always has been. So, I- I'm scared for this match. Um, Becky is kind of in a spot where she might have been set up to have two shit matches in a row between the Dewdrop match and this one. But at least this is one that she's going to be able to say, hey, I beat Leader on a pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's cool her, for her legacy, her but it's not a match that excites me. Exactly. It's just not an exciting match at all. It's good for Becky swag. Um, Becky matches tell good stories. Uh, it's just sometimes they're in rough spots. But overall, I've been a fan of Becky since she returned. That might get me some heat, but I'm good with it. Becky's a fantastic promo. She has great star power. Awesome, you know, through the roof charisma. I don't have to go over her accolade. She's she's great. She's an all-time women's talent. Um, it should be decent, but it's just kind of – I'm curious what kind of spot it gets. And, I don't like you said, Lita stinks, <laughs> especially, you know, Lita in her mid-40s. So, I don't know. We'll see. Next match here we got my boy, Mad Cat Moss versus Drew McIntyre in a no-disqualification match. And guess what, Mike Rossi? Swords are legal. Um, <laughs> the, rise of Mad, the rise of Mad Cat Moss continues. This is a unique stipulation to throw Mad Cat in. So he's been ducking and diving, Drew, so I kind of get why they got there. But ultimately, this is a bump in the road before we get to Drew and Corbin at WrestleMania. So yippee-doo, yippee-doo-da-day oh. for that. Um, oh, God. we got. Is, I'm a Corbin guy, and I don't want to see that. I know. Um, it kind of is what it is, but um, I don't know. I like Madcap. He's going to bump like crazy. He's going to look like a million bucks at times. And I don't know. He's underappreciated and he gets some hate because of his name, but I think he's having a nice little rise up. And this is a notch in his belt to have a big match like this against Drew. And it's no DQ. So the rule book's out. So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in this match. What about you? What say you? It's, so it's a false count anywhere match, right? Yeah, it is. Yes. It's false, so it's false count anywhere. So I totally see this having almost the exact same finish as, as Lashley and um, Goldberg did with some sort of like move off of a stage through like, like uh, a setup bed of chairs and, and tables or whatever it is. Um, and then the pinfall that way. Um, I mean, Drew, this is a match to make Drew look like a star. It's going to 
work. I don't expect it to be super long. Madcap will go crazy bumping. Madcap's been good. People aren't going to admit that because it's a stupid gimmick. It's a stupid name, but he's been entertaining. Um, Him and Corbin have definitely worked in this role. They just haven't worked to the level that they're being pushed at with a guy like Drew. It kind of depreciates Drew's value a little bit, and especially because it feels like it's been going on forever. Um, Luckily, we had the – I'm curious – let me let me say I'm curious that if Drew wasn't hurt, if this would have already been over and done with. But then I don't know who Drew would have been lined up with in Mania. It just feels abnormally long. Um, and I think Madcap will definitely obviously take the L here. But it could be it could be entertaining, especially if they kind of explore the stadium the way that I expect them to. Yeah, uh, it's like the Saudi prince wants a no, a no DQ or a false count any match anywhere, you know, in every show now. So it's just like, uh, uh. Madcap, you're up, buddy. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It should be interesting. It should, it's a sneaky spot to be a little decent little banger, you know? So, we'll see. All right, the next match here we have is an interesting one, in my opinion. It's Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville versus Ronda Rousey and Naomi. Uh, after winning the Rumble, Ronda chose Charlotte for the Mania match. Surprised some people, but, you know, Fox, blah, 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 we get it. This should be a nice conduit to heat up the feud, this match. And then Sonya and Naomi has been having, what, nine months of a build now? And um, it's still going, and it's kind of just peaking. And then Charlotte gave Naomi her best singles match of her, really, career ever, last week on SmackDown. So this is sneaky intriguing. Uh, it, it could be a low-key banger, in my opinion. What, what about you? So I love the inclusion of Sonya in this match to work with Ronda because of their MMA backgrounds. Yeah, sneaky cool. Um, Sonya's definitely someone that she's someone that's going to make Ronda look very good because she knows how to take that type of offense. Um, she'll be able to kind of do the mat style that Ronda excels in. And it should be the type of match that gives Ronda her legs back a little bit to kind of get her confidence back. Um, because here's the deal in the rumble, she wasn't confident. I mean, she may be, it was as simple as she didn't, she didn't like the way that she looked, um, donned mm-hmm. in the all black yoga pants or whatever she was dressed in. Um, and she's going to have to be covered here. So that should be out of the, out of the, the realm of <laughs> yep. her caring what she looks like. Um, so I think that Sonya and Ronda is definitely a good vibe for this match. And I do expect them to kind of be the bulk of it. Um, just, I mean, and Naomi will do a lot of work with Charlotte. I think it'll be a situation where Sonya will kind of not want to work Naomi, but then she ends up having to work Ronda. It's a fun dynamic. Um, obviously, I want to keep Charlotte and Ronda away from each other as much as possible in this match, which they, yeah, they should be able to do. Story. I mean, they'll have a little bit of yeah. interaction. Yeah. So Ronda and Sonya is what I'm excited for because I think it's, going to help Ronda get her legs back. Yeah, it's a nice way to continue both feuds, and then really the two people feuding against each other are going to be able to stay away from each other in a way. So it's it's interesting. And then, you know, this is the first time I think Charlotte's on a Saudi show. So, you know, let's see if the princes, are, you know, if they appreciate the queen. That's a, that's an interesting take, too. Yeah, and, <laughs> so, and that's the thing, Eric. Do you really want to call her the queen in Saudi Arabia? That's scary. Um, but kind of before we jump off of this match, um, I just want to give a shout to WWE. Um, the reason being is, you know, two years ago, before they had that Lacey Evans natty match, women weren't even allowed to be there. Like you couldn't do a re- woman's raft. You, they did Renee as an announcer once, and that was a big deal. Fast forward two years later, we've got three women's matches on an eight match show. 12 total women involved in matches. Pretty much every every woman that you'd want there is on this show. 
So uh, give them a shout. I mean, it's something that one of the big critiques people had when they went to Saudi is how women couldn't go. And WWE's been able to flip the script with that. And, and it kind of what seemed like an impossible manner, they were able to get it done. And I just want to kind of give them props because they kind of did the unthinkable when it came to that. Yeah, it's, there's two ways of looking at it. You know, it's you could say, yeah, it's progression, or you could be like, it's propaganda. And honestly, it's probably somewhere in the between. So it's they're getting $50 million per show. So that's why they're doing it. But oh yeah, wanna, give give up any wanna, propaganda you want for fifty million. Yeah. So are they gonna are they gonna it's it ended up being ten percent of their new uh, of their revenue for the year. That's insane. So that's really why they're doing it. That's, but if they, they make wanna, more on this show, they make more on the show than AEW does from their TV deal all year. Yeah. yeah. AEW <laughs> is a forty five million dollar TV deal, which is through twenty twenty four. So they're into that mediocre deal for but it's great for them don't get me wrong it's great for them and i don't want to be like that but this is a, a pimple on that ass <laughs> so it's it's silly yeah it's this um, is just a it's just a easy night's work a, for vince making 50 million unless if he has a confrontation with the prince again then uh, that's an issue but <laughs> yeah but uh um, yeah. i don't know it's a, like you said it, it, in a way it is cool but it's just i don't know how much you want to look into that and it's it, at the end of the day it's all about the money and but if they absolutely if, if, if it does evolve and things get better and they change, I don't, I don't know. I'm really not too much into it. I ignore most of it. And if it, if things change and it gets better then you know, props to them, whatever. But, um, it is a little deserved, like you said. All right. The last singles match here, we have Roman Reigns versus Goldberg for the universal title. This match was supposed to happen two years ago at WrestleMania 36. At this time, two years ago, Goldberg beheaded, the fiend and shocked the world and took the universal title, which was to be a way to get it to Roman Reigns, which was delayed six months or whatever. Um, okay. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. What do you, what do you think? This They're doing a decent job of being like, all right, this is the last time we get the uh, Rome Goldberg. This is your last shot pretty much. So you can be as good as your best day. One more time with Goldberg. Is that, a, you know, they're, they're calling Goldberg out that he's old and stuff like that. So that's probably the best way to portray him. You, you think this is going to deliver in a five-minute match, or do you? What do you expect here? Uh, Reigns is good at stalling, so they could they could get maybe get this to seven or eight. Um, I mean, the Battle of the Spears. They'll they'll one thing I'll guarantee you is they're going to do that spot where Goldberg spears Reigns through the. Um, the stanchions that separate the fans from the ring um, that happens in every Goldberg match. It has for a hundred years. Um, so I, I think it'll be okay. Reigns can have these big, big host battles. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you just have to, sometimes you have to sell shitty offense from Goldberg and that kind of takes away from the match. Um, but you know, Reigns is good at selling. So I'm not worried about it. They just going to have to smoke and mirror it up a little bit, but Reigns is good, man. He, he's so good at, you know, telling a story, getting the crowd, feeding off the crowd energy. Um, I think that it'll be an entertaining five to ten minutes however they shake it out. And I'm glad they're doing the match because it's a good legacy win for Reigns. Um, there was a match that they were supposed to do at Mania in, the, in COVID year. Um, it's probably a cool match for Goldberg to have, say, and he wrestled the top guy now. Um, so I, I, I'm not excited for it, but I think I'll be entertained when I'm watching it. Yeah, I'm glad they're doing it too, just to kind of put a bow on it. We're not, you know, they're not promoting it as Spear versus Spear or Georgia versus Georgia Tech or ex football player versus ex football player. It's like they're presenting it in a re, you know, a real way now. Goldberg 
doesn't have many chambers left in the gun in the holster. So can he pull one more out? Because there's a history of him pulling big matches out of his ass since he returned in 2016. So he's not as good as he once was, but it could be as good as he once was one day. We'll see. Um, hey, we skipped the match. My bad. Usos versus the Viking Raiders for the SmackDown women's title. SmackDown tag team title. Excuse me. The Raiders won a four-way to become the number one contenders. And then I think Jimmy beat Eric in a 90-second TV match. And then last week, the Usos stole the Viking Raiders headgear. So that's what we got for a fucking build here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So not much of a, not many favors yeah. to, to the Viking Raiders here. But on paper, this match could fucking rule. But the way they present the Viking Raiders, I don't think so. What do you think? I'm scared that we find out at 9 a.m. on Saturday that this got moved to the pre-show. It's a pretty predictable finish. I don't think you're going to be putting the titles you know, on, on the Raiders going into Mania. I think you want to have the visual of the Usos with Reigns all having titles. Um, I'm sure that I didn't look at betting to the show, but I'm sure the Usos are heavy favorites. Um, the match should be awesome, but it's it really is a spot that they should change the titles. Because once they beat the Raiders, it's like, what the hell is the rest of this division look like? Um, so it's a spot that I feel like they should do a title change, but I don't expect them to. Um, and, and nor do I really want them to, because um, you want that bloodline looking strong at Mania, or at least building up to Mania um, with all the yeah. titles. Um, but it's got, like you said, it should be an awesome match. I love the Vikings. Um, I think that they... They're so – I don't even want to say underrated. I feel like it's even worse than that. They're just not really used right. They're, they're starting to kind they're of build it up a little bit. Yeah, but they always have good matches, and they've had good matches everywhere they've ever worked. So um, I think it'll be really fun and entertaining. I'm just afraid when they format the show that this is the one they throw in the pre-show. Unless if the Saudi prince wants the Usos walking down in that headgear, and that would make the Saudi prince very entertained. Um, I don't know. Like you said – Yeah, the maybe the Saudi prince wants to just chant raid nonstop raid. and pump his fist. Maybe he wants to. Maybe he wants the headgear to put on. He wants to change it up. But um, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't. I, hey, I'd love for to see the Raiders win the belts just because we're kind of marks for them. But like you said, the bloodline should be double champs or whatever, and have the belts flanked behind Roman for the whole presentation, the whole loopla. It adds to everything, and it is it is what it is. But um, I think they, I, I hope they give them time because they deserve to go out there and have a good match. And I. Think, or I hope that they do an angle that continues this to mania, really. But, um, all right, Mike, the main event, I perceive to be the main event anyways, the men's women, uh, excuse me, the men's elimination chamber for the WWE title, Austin Theory versus Seth Rollins versus Riddle versus AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, your WWE champion. Rossi, run down some stats for us. You got it. So, shockingly, this is the first chamber match for Brock Lesnar. Oh, really? The one that really surprised me, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has never been in a chamber. Um, he's been in Hell in a Cells, like that bad one with Bray. He's been in quite a few Hell in a Cells, so I think that's what messed with my head on that one. Um, Riddle's first chamber, and obviously Austin Theory's first chamber. So, like the women, four without experience, um, but four really good workers, so I'm not worried about them not having experience, as I might be with some of the women. Um, now, Bob Lashley was in one chamber. He was in the historic 2006 ECW December to Dismember, um, where okay. they made Punk look like a bag of shit. Um, but Lashley won that um, on his way to a feud with Vince McMahon. Um, and then, you know, two eliminations he had in that one, which are the last two, which were uh, Big Show and Test were the, were the two that he eliminated. Um, but, you know, that's not a 
not a chamber that I suggest you go back and watch. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's a banger. And then AJ's been about? three. So wow, yeah, right. AJ's been in the most chambers of anybody on the show. 2017, he was the runner-up in the Bray Wyatt one. He didn't have any eliminations, but he was the last guy out um, before Bray won the title for the Orton match at Mania. 2020, he got one elimination. He eliminated Joe, but he didn't last long in that one. He was did not go to the finals, the final you know elimination there. Um, and then 2021, he had one elimination, eliminating Sheamus, and he was the runner-up to Drew Mack. So he had a good little run in two out of the three that he was in. Uh, um, so AJ's been around there. And, I mean, AJ's probably going to be the ring general in this match um, for the most part. I mean, Rollins to an extent as well. Um, uh, I don't know how this match will necessarily go, but AJ is definitely somebody that is the guy you want to have the most experience going into this one. Let's put it that way. So real quick on the build, obviously Lashley's in it because he's the champion. Riddle beat Otis in a elimination qualifier match that they just threw out there. They were having a singles match. Pierce arrived and said, hey, this is to get in the chamber. So that's cool for Riddle. Um, Rollins was handed it because of his performance at the Royal Rumble. Brock showed up and said, I'm in the fucking chamber, motherfucker. And Pierce said, yes, you are. And then uh, <laughs> AJ defeated Ray in a pretty good Raw match to get in. And then Austin Theory beat Kevin Owens to get in. So uh, three of these guys had to qualify, and then three were given a shot to get in. All right, Mike, same gimmick so, with the women. What's up? So one thing real quick, though. Randy Orton not being in this kind of surprised me. Um, maybe they don't want to put him and Riddle in the spot. I almost would have thought they would have put Orton in the spot over Riddle. Um, but what I had seen, I don't know if you saw this, was that they did require everybody. I mean, obviously, we, we had heard that, that Orton did get vaccinated. He probably wouldn't be on TV as much as he is. But apparently, they all needed to get boosters to go on this trip. Where and So Orton maybe Orton refused one? to do that. And that's why he's not in it. So that's that's just a quick thing. But Orton kind of in he's kind of conspicuous by his absence of this match, especially when there's a guy like Theory in it. Who, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think this is a good good match to have Theory look good either. I feel like he's just going to be in there to die. Um, so I feel like but if you put Orton in this match, it might have, you know, might have fit. Yeah, so think, maybe he just can't go. You know? I, I think in a week, Mike, we're going to – it's going to play into the story of why Orton wasn't in this match. You know? All right, so, I'm down for it. I think it's more of a story thing, and it's more of a maybe Orton's like, I'll take that vacation – I've been over there a hundred times. I don't need the fucking money <laughs> type of thing. Hope, hopefully, or it could be, like you said, could be a Vax uh, booster thing. But um, all right, Mike, same gimmick we did with the women. I'll. You want me to start from the bottom? Sure, you yeah. Said, you said Theory has the least chance of winning. I, I agree. I gave a 3% chance of winning. How about you? I gave him one. There's just no. Ah, that's disrespect. No he's, scenario he's, he wins this. He is, he is Vince McMahon's. I give him zero. Team. I'd give him oh, zero yeah. if you didn't make me give him one. I made I the the, the gimmick is all right. You, the lowest you can give him is one percent because anything is possible. But I went three percent just for respect, respect for Vince's prodigy. And I don't know, maybe he wants to impress Vince and he gets a lucky win somehow. But it's 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 not even worth our time to go down that road. Three percent for me, one percent for you. The next guy I have up is AJ Styles. Did you have AJ fifth? Who'd you have fifth? I did have him fifth. I had him at nine percent. I have him at seven percent. I am at seven percent. Uh, this I say that he faces Edge at WrestleMania. It's been out there that that was pitched in the preview. Scott and I did. We, chose we had the it. same idea. Yes, we chose it twice. So there's there a way that AJ wins this? I'll give it a seven percent chance that AJ wins this title, and then Edge shows up the next night on or the next whatever night on Raw and challenges him, and everyone else goes off in their other direction. 
and it's Edge versus AJ for the WWE title at WrestleMania, and this is the way to do it. That's that's why I went seven percent on this. I agree, um, and I mean we both did the same thing. I mean we, we got these guys at ten percent, so I just did one and nine, and you did three and seven. So in reality, it's about the, about the same. same thing. Um, yeah, I mean if any any of these five guys, I could literally give you a case as to why they should win the match and be, to set up their Mania program because there's yeah. a lane really for all five of them. Yeah. I just AJ Edge is not not one that needs a title as much as it just needs to be a, a great match on a good show. You know, it, it could be a necessity where they. They they want to give them the title and whatever, but that's why I went seven. All right, so I Mike, we are we were six for six in our order with the women, and now we're two for two. So we're betting a hundred here. Are we gonna continue this or what? I got because next I have Riddle. We might, but the, I kind of have a curveball in the next two. Oh, all right. I I might have spoken too soon. We're, hey, we're we're going into this blind and cold, by the way. Just how it just how it should be. Next, I have Riddle. Four. How about you? I. I have Riddle and Rollins at the same percentage. Oh, okay. I have them close, but I went. I gave Rollins the edge. So I ha- let's go Riddle next because, just because that's how it goes. All right. So I got Riddle next at eight percent. What percent did you give them? I have them at fifteen. Okay. Okay. So um, my so- my argument is is there's if if we do Riddle and Orton, those are two heavy merch guys. There was the rumor that they had there were some writers that were pushing to make it for the title if they do do it. So you yeah. kind of, I mean, Riddle being in a title picture really only happens if he wins this match. I don't really see yeah. any other way you get him to that. So that's why I went, you know, some might say 15% aggressive. I, I, I mean, it's closer to the top than, than you would think it would be if you look at mine. But um, I think that there's definitely a lane where it happens. I don't expect it to happen. But if it happened, it's not like I'd fall off my chair and, sh- and, sh- and like shock, you know? Yeah, I, I'm in the same lane. I just didn't give it as much percent. I only went eight, but. Yeah, guys are pushing for it. Riddle's going to get a huge push this year, I think, and it's well deserved. You know what I mean? He looks like he, he, yeah, he's a goof, he's aloof, whatever. But he delivers every fucking time, and the old man loves him. You could tell the old man loves him, and, and he has this totally different side to him that the WWE audience has yet to see. So there's tons of legs in this guy. He can work with anyone on the card on any level in the card. So is it his time? Now to get the belt, I doubt it, but I give it a, a little chance. And it, it, they want to get the belt on something hot. He's the hottest guy they got, he, or potentially could be the hottest guy they get in my eyes. So 8% chance. All right, so you got Rollins next. I do too. I have Rollins at a 12%. Yeah, so I also had him at 15 as Riddle. And just kind of just get a little bit to throw in on Riddle there. I got to give Riddle props because Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar are in this match. And those both guys both said yeah. both of those guys said, you know, publicly that they would never work with him. Um, and they're both working with him now. Yep, they did in the Rumble um, for with Brock Rollins did in the Survivor Series before. But this is going to be they're going to have to do some serious work in this match together. So Riddle's starting to win other people over other than just Vince um, and Raw. Rollins and Riddle, I want to see a full-blown feud because I think there might yes. work and they're they're going to play off each other so well. But yeah, 15% for Rollins as well. So you said you had 12? Yeah. So we're right in the same ballpark. I just love Riddle. Riddle's face when Brock's music hits. <laughs> like <laughs> That opening segment to Raw last night, it was silly. It was wonky, but it worked. It was. It's just WWE in their stupid lane at the best, right? That was their best at when they're stupid. Now, that was their best being stupid. Did you notice in that opening segment that once Brock got his hands on Theory, Riddle jumped over the top rope and just <laughs> yes. kind of got the hell out of there? That was yeah, one of the funniest all... things I've seen on TV in a long time. 
Yeah, it is little fucking Toga. He just floats out of the ring like a fucking boss. He got the hell out of there. They all, all did, but he, like, made it 100 and just killed it. All right, it was, like, so, perfectly so shot. He just His body go flying. Yeah, he writes on Twitter or whatever. John Cena, thanks for catching me. But um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so, I'm just so ready for his push. I'm sick of talk. I talk about him every fucking episode. I'm just, I'm ready for his push and it's coming. But Seth Rollins, this he is. Brock and Lashley are the biggest stars, but Seth Rollins could be the biggest baby face right now in this match. So that's why I gave him a 12% chance, and I think you might agree. That's why you gave him a 15% chance. He, he they would give him the belt, and then you give him the belt here. He, he's a baby face. And then anyone, any of these heels on the show, because Raw's full of guys without programs, could come chase him at Mania. So get the belt on Seth. Get that WWE title cooking on a baby face. Get Seth ramped up again, and let's get him on a run at, as a placeholder for a, like a theory or a riddle down the line or whatever. And let's give him a six month run before someone's ready. And th- and then it's like a, a thank you for him for rehabilitating rehabilitating his character the last two years after pretty much was toast for a while. So that's my way of giving him an attaboy run, which sh- he should get, by the way. So that's my play. I, I don't know. It might happen at Mania, but I could see it maybe happening here if they want to go in a different direction with Lashley or if they want Lashley to chase at Mania and then Seth overcomes him there as champion. So I see a lane where Seth wins in, you know, that's why he's third from the top with me, but it's not super high. You have 15, I have 12. Do you agree with that? That's his lane? Yeah. And like, you know, if you're going to get to him and Lashley at Mania, you could really do it either way. Um, and Rollins is kind of in a unique spot that he can play baby and play heel at the same time. And it kind of yeah. plays off the dynamic of this. So, you know, he's going to let's assume that the last three in the match are Lashley, Brock and Rollins. Rollins going to just look by nature in that feed. Rollins is going to be the, the biggest baby face of the bunch, even though Brock's position mm-hmm. is a baby face now and Lashley's over. Just look at the size. He's going to be, he's the clear baby face in that scenario. But then say Brock, yeah, then say Brock gets screwed over by somebody, whether it's Reigns, you know, obviously it would have to be Reigns. Now Rollins can have that, that heel smirk on his face as now he gets, you know, so he's kind of in that spot that he can effectively play baby and heel if it shakes out the way that they want it to, which he's kind of been effectively playing both for the duration of 2022 so far. Um, He did a hell of a job with it with Reigns. Um, He would be a full blown baby during times of that. Um, so I, if you're going to go Lashley Rollins, you can definitely put the title on Rollins here and they position Rollins so strong. I mean, he's main evented in the raw spot, like three weeks in a row or something beat Orton this week. He beat Orton and riddle with KO last week. Um, he's in a spot now that they're, they're definitely giving him something big at mania. Um, so, you know, it might be a time to do it. I mean, if you did it, you know, him or Lashley here to build towards a match at mania, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, Rollins is a much better place than he was. And, We'll see. All right, I got seventy percent left. What do you have left for a percentage? Sorry, I have sixty percent. I was just doing some bad, bad math in my head. Oh. oh man, come on! You gotta you gotta do the math right off the bat. But um. Yeah, I wasn't thinking. Who's your second? Who's I got Lashley at thirty percent as my uh, second. I got Lashley at twenty five percent. Yeah, I got Lashley right. at twenty five percent. So our order is correct, both women's and men for the most part. Um, I went thirty percent just because. He's the second favorite. I had it 35 each, but then I flipped it right right before the pod after thinking about it some. Um, I am only going 30% because I have a feeling they're going to go two belts on us 
just because the card looks deeper with Stone Cold. The card looks deeper on the women's side. The card looks deeper with Cody. They can afford two belts, and I think they really want to add importance to that to that Brock and um, Roman match and possibly unify the titles or possibly go Roman two belts for a little while. Um, I think it's a fortune. I think it's a miss. I don't think it's needed, but I think that the old man might get a little crazy and do it. So that's why I have Lashley at 30%. Or, and there's a chance, too, where he could get the belt off of him and he's chasing at Mania instead of losing it at Mania. They get they get it off him dirty here, and then he's in another program at Mania, or they get it off him dirty here, and he's chasing at Mania, and he and he doesn't lose the ch- title at Mania. He loses it in the chamber. So, I don't know. I've just felt, I feel lesser for Lashley here. What say you? So, I, I tried to think, um, before the news of Austin and potentially Cody, I probably would have flipped these. Um, I, I when we get into Brock, obviously I said sixty percent. I've got Lashley at twenty five percent, and I have Brock at thirty five percent. Before the oh. the um, word of Austin and Cody being out there, and I would have probably reversed those. So now a card that's got a, retor- a returning Cody that you're going to elevate at a high level and Stone Cold, you're probably better off making a unified title. What I'm worried about though is I I didn't real I don't really want them to kill kill off a title, but I do think that if they do kill off a title, that is effectively ended the brand split, which I'm kind of all for at this point. So Brock winning, I agree, is more likely now than it was a week ago. Um, I feel like they might have made that decision just because, you know, it's just a mega card now and it feels like a bigger match to them. And they've done that before with, you know, inexplicably adding Charlotte into the Ronda Becky feud um, when you know Becky won the Rumble and she should have been added in. Um, they like to do that stacking up with Mania and make their clear main event as big as possible. Um, yeah. And I do think ultimately that's the route that we're going to go. And I think Lashley, the only thing that's weird about it is why do we take the title off Brock at all? Um, you know what I mean? That's just it. to kind of have him chasing this as a baby, but he could have just went into this chamber with the deck stacked against him and dominated there. And you didn't have to use Lashley as collateral at that point. But I guess at this point now you don't have to beat Lashley twice. Like you would, would have in that scenario, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's good for Lashley's legacy to be a two-time champ. They can play hot potato with the belt before they burn it. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I like the two belts. I think if it warrants it, they're building the cards back up. And I, I don't want I don't want the brand split to end because I don't want to watch the same guys on two nights in a row or two twice a week. You know, that's. Yeah, I just the card TV should be better with them, with the with the brand split being over. And you can always revisit it again down the road if things get hot again. But the, what what sucks about doing the split of the titles, though, and only having one, if that's the route they go, is now it's going to be so much tougher to get a guy into that type. Like, there's too many cooks in the kitchen at that point. Like, how much, like, would Matt Riddle becoming a world champion is not a tough task to get to when there's a Raw champion and there's a, there's a SmackDown champion, Universal and World. But when there's one undisputed championship, it's a lot tougher it's for gonna, a guy like Riddle to shoot up that card. It's going to be Roman. And, and, and does that fuck with his title reigns numbers-wise? I don't know. I just, I went higher on Brock because I'm just being like, eh, I guess. Let's just, let's just. I guess that's what they might want to do, but I hope they stick with two. Um, but I just, like I said, I don't know if this Saudi card is going to be a home run like it was back in October with Crown Jewel, but fuck, man, it looks pretty good on paper after going over it here. You know, these eight matches, not many are stinking. Both chambers should, 
Yeah, I mean, they're really the women's chamber. The only work rate you're worried about there is Alexa, and that's just rust. But yeah, but she's gonna she's be been in, in a chamber. She's yeah. worked it before, and she's she's a, she's slightly a vet at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I say that she hasn't yeah. been wrestling forever, but she's definitely a vet, and she knows her way around the ring. So yeah, I, and I, she I, I, she's clearly she's the small body in this match, so she's gonna be able to just bump and and you know. Try to get the he crowd behind her. Um, and then the men's match is, doesn't have a bad worker or anybody you can even pretend is a bad worker. Um, Theory with the lights on, I'm not worried about. And the other five are fantastic. Um, so that match That's could good. be great. I just hope. The thing with Brock winning it is that then you would almost assure yourself that it's not a fuck finish like you would if, you know, Reigns comes in and costs them or something like that. Um, but you know, that might make the overall match better, but I think this, these six guys is a very interesting dynamic and I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I hear you. Um, is Vince going to make Cody have blonde or black care? <laughs> the important questions here, but oh man. And then if he, if he has blonde, does he have to wear polka dots? Oh God. Ugh. All right, Mike, you're, you're our Saudi prince of the no, so network. You're also our indie mark. What's going on in the world of the Indies before we get out of here? Sure. So, I mean, I'm mostly going to focus on GCW as we start to lead towards Mania um, and Mania Weekend because GCW themselves have seven shows booked for Mania and Mania Weekend. In reality, eight um, because they do have like kind of two developmental programs. So, first of all, anything I talk about with GCW right now is pretty much from the Hammerstein on. on. I felt like the Hammerstein wasn't a true showcase for them as a company because if you watch a normal gcw show that certainly was not it but it put more eyes on the product which is never a bad thing was it a great show no but it was kind of a reset for the company they do leading into mania they've got two shows the this coming weekend which is um february 19th and 20th in, in atlantic city um and then they've got two the weekend after in la um and then they've got pretty cool show they've got um, march 12th they're running atlanta at center stage which is where wcw's to shoot Saturday night. So that'll look cool. cool. Um, yeah, so they've got five shows ramping into Mania. And then I say they have developmental companies. They've got Jersey Championship Wrestling, which is like guys that aren't quite on the GCW card yet, but they might put like a Janella in the main event, um, something to sell tickets, you know. And then they've got LA Fights, which is their California-based version of it. And these are guys that might not be ready for a GCW main show, but they kind of want to get a look at them with the lights on and see how they look, if they're ready for that, maybe throw them in a scramble on a GCW show next. And then JCW is also running in Jersey on the 20th of March. Um, then you look at Mania Weekend. Um, the things that we're going to look at when we start to build towards Mania, Bloodsport is kind of, it's under the GCW umbrella, but it's not really going to be close to what I talk about when I talk about GCW because it's just kind of booked as an alternative universe. Then there's Spring Break 6, um, which you know, I'm, I kind of have some thoughts of what we'll have for a card for that. That. Um, that's the 8 p.m. show on Thursday. And then 11.59 p.m. on Thursday is their show Planet Death, which is their deathmatch show. The next day they come back um, with, I think it's fr at Friday at 11 a.m. They're doing JCW versus LA Fight. So it'll be kind of like a co-promoted show between those two like baby companies of GCW, where it's, you know, pure matches with guys from one versus the other. That's at 11 a.m. at uh, Friday at 3 p.m. They're doing For the Culture, which is all minorities booked that way. You know, EJ Gray puts that show together. It's a cool show. And then um, at night, which is in a kind of a death spot because they're running against um, SmackDown, the World on Lucha, which is their like Lucha show. 
then that night at midnight, 12.01 a.m., which they kind of were smart about because then it got into Saturday, so they didn't have AEW limitations. Um, they're doing the greatest clusterfuck, <laughs> which if we go back to New York, that was a just an insane show. Um, that'll be one that ends at 3 in the morning. And then they yeah, come we back were, Saturday. We with went F- to that. Yeah. We that went to that clusterfuck. That was, that was a wild. <laughs> and then when they come back the next day with – yeah, then they come back the next day with Effie's Big Gay Brunch at 11 a.m. It's three non – GCW shows that are also part of the collective. There's a Glory Pro show on Thursday at 11 a.m. There's Mission Pro and Unsanctioned Pros kind of in the death death spots, 3 p.m. and 7, but it's content um, on Saturday. Now, why I'm mostly talking about GCW is we're starting to you know, gear towards gear towards uh, Mania Weekend, and they're really the only ones going down. I mean, obviously, there's going to be the WrestleCon shows when it's like your WrestleCon Super Show. Impact's tied into that. New Japan's doing a New Japan Strong taping there. So there's going to be some great wrestling at WrestleCon, but it's not that's not really indie and standalone indie to me, where these GCW shows are literally, what, 11 true indie shows, all mostly GCW. But when we're talking about it, one thing I really want to go through, and there's some questions that I have about this show, is you know, John Moxley defended the title successfully against Homicide at the Hammerstein. Who's next? I would assume he's defending the title at spring break. So there's a couple of options we have here. Now, Blake Christian, somebody to think about. Um, he's, he's been 3-0, and counting Hammerstein and on. He's got wins over Leo Rush. He's got a four-way win over ASF, Gringo Loco, and Mascara Dorada, who's the former Grand Metalique. He's working for GCW now, which is cool. And he's got a singles win over Laredo Kid. Yeah, and, and I haven't really watched it yet, but there's definitely some cool matches with him. He's working Janela this weekend i think but i'll get i'll talk about that here uh blake's got matches leading into mania he's got jimmy lloyd this weekend he's got ninja mac and then he's working that 16 year old kid nick wayne who just got the AEW offer which will be kind of like uh he's 16 so he's not going to start touring working dynamites but it's going to be kind of like how wwe is doing their nil deals with some of these college kids they'll bring him in for a dark taping here and there um they might, you know, if they're in his hometown, maybe they'll put him on TV. It's weird, but they just want to get their hands on him. Then that's, his other smart. LA match. Smart. Yeah, his other LA match is Speedball Mike Bailey, who's back in the Indies. He can actually be in the U.S. now. That match will be fantastic. And then he finally gets the John Gresham ROH title match in Atlanta, which is Gresham's home territory that he was so supposed to have at um hammerstein but he didn't have it because gresham got uh, i think he came down with COVID around there um and then atticus Kogar is another option he's the guy who i think is the leader in the clubhouse because i think now moxley couldn't do a deathmatch style thing in um the hammerstein he's gonna want to do that at spring break atticus Kogar is also three and oh and he had the big spot leading into Hammerstein, where he didn't have a match, he felt disrespected. He was the one that, um, when Homicide got that shot, Koger was the last to be eliminated. It seems like they're heating him up. He's had three matches. He won a singles match against Gino Medina. He did a four, won a four-way cage death match um, in, I want to say, Chicago or Detroit last week. And then he won a five-way scramble. His his lead up isn't as exciting. He's beating he's this weekend he's got Billy Starks, which is the six seventeen year old girl. Um he's wrestling her on Saturday. And then Sunday he's got Alex Zane. Then in LA he's got Kevin Blackwood and Dark Sheik. Not really names that make it seem like he's building up for a major show uh, match, but 
at any of these any of these matches, like Atlanta, they could just do like uh, here's a four way winner gets Moxley at, May, at Mania weekend. So I, he's the leader in the clubhouse to me. The other one is AJ Gray. He's two and zero. He had he's best known right now to the new GCW fans is the guy with the ladder botch at the Hammerstein. Um, he's the the reigning extreme champion, and he's also got the grab the brass ring, um, like money in the bank type thing that he can name a match whenever he wants in the next year. So he might not use that now, but he definitely can put a big match together for himself. He's booking his own show with For the Culture. So anything can happen with him in that. I don't know if there's somebody that they're going to bring in and you know he wants to work or things of that nature. But he's an option for Moxley as well because he's done death matches too. Um... I don't think that's a big, big enough opponent. I mean, I don't really think Koger is either, but in a spring bake setting, he's probably the best to have that death match with him. Um, so I'm going to lean towards Atticus Koger for there. Um, and then some other matches GCW is building up over the next couple weeks. This weekend, they've got Masquerade Dorada, which, like I said, is the former Grand Metal Metalik. He's working Janela on Saturday. Um, Alex Colon is defending the ultraviolet title against Reed Bentley. And then John Wayne Murdoch is wrestling G-Raver. So those are going to be two bloodbaths. Now, ultimately, they're going to get back to John Wayne Murdoch and Alex Cologne, which the story there is Cologne beat him in the first match. John Wayne Murdoch was the ICW no-holds-barred guy. Cologne was a GCW guy. Now they're both, both together in the same company. So that's where they're going to build towards a big match there. Then on Sunday, they've got Cologne in another ultraviolet match. And then Gage and Tremont are defending their titles against Murdoch and Bentley. It's another bloodbath. <clears throat> and then another thing to look at is L.A. Dr. Wagner Jr. is doing a run with GCW. Um, they started to build up a match with him and his, his longtime rival, Psycho Clown, last two weekends ago, where they set up, you know, Wagner beat Janela, Psycho Clown beat Gringo Loco, respectively. And then post-show, they had a, you know, stare down and, and like, they had to be separated then he challenged Wagner challenged him to a mask versus hair. Now Wagner lost his mask to the Psycho Clown in Mexico. So this is a pretty big match to throw into Mania Weekend. I expect that to be on the World on Lucha show Friday night to try to build up hype for that show. But if it if it's not its way on spring break, I wouldn't be surprised. They are big names in Mexico. The other one to keep an eye on is Effie and Jeff Jarrett. Are we gonna go back to that or was that a one and done? If it was just a one and done, it's really fucking weird that they use Jarrett in that <laughs> bought so i almost feel like they're going to run that back at spring break or something maybe he puts it on his gay brunch i don't know um but effie and jared i believe will happen again in mania weekend um other, other questions we've got out there is you know next next weekend in la they're doing janella and x-pac against cardona and myers which is a match that was built from hammerstein when x-pac came and saved janella does this mean we get x-pac and cardona in a singles match mania weekend um would be cool I think X-Pac is in great shape. I want to see how he would do. And anything Cardona does right now is gold. So, and then the other question I have is Nick Wayne was a 16-year-old kid, was not able to work in New York because of the commission. They found that he was 16, and they pulled pulled the rug out from under him. So then and Janela said, we'll give you any match you want at spring break. Just name the name, and we'll get him. He said he wanted Osprey. So <laughs> I don't think that he was going to – I don't think that he was going to say Osprey unless they knew they could get Adam, and he was supposed to do spring break 2020 um, that the pandemic wiped. So we might get the 16-year-old upstart in Osprey. 
And then the last thing I've got to look forward to here is with that clusterfuck being Saturday and then spring break being Thursday, that's opened the door for them to use more AEW names. Who? Who could they bring in for that? Um, so over the next four to six weeks here as we build towards our show, all of these seven Mania Weekend shows are going to get filled up. So um, I know you're going down to Dallas. What shows are you trying to hit up? Uh, really, just just the spring breaks are the only options. Maybe Bloodsport if I if I can fit it in t- schedule wise, but that's probably all a hit for all hit for the indie shows. I'm gonna scale yeah. back on the indie shows, and we used to do the we used to do the indie yeah. NGBW, and I mean, there's the Rev Pro. We did the spring breaks. We did the Bloodsports. Yeah. We we would do the WrestleCon. We did like six indie shows during Mania weekend. I'm kind of over it personally, but I think spring breaks is a must, so I'm gonna at least try to go to one. Maybe both, and then maybe blood sport, and then maybe a random one I'll bring Landon to because he wants to. He likes to see an indie show, but um, I don't. I don't really. I, I don't have the ambitions to go do it <laughs> anymore. Like it's I tough to. because you don't want to go do a second show on Saturday, and if you do, it'll probably be no. And NXT, NXT right? Saturday um, NXT before NXT before Saturday kind of kills your free time too. So yeah. That's yeah, so I mean, kinda, I'd probably be in the same boat. I mean, maybe I would probably try to force Bloodsport in because it's before spring break. But I mean, then you're not staying for a midnight show. Get the hell out of there. So um, they, I think that, yeah, do it. Do they even do the WrestleCon shows anymore? Right? I haven't seen any of that. Do they? They are, are doing they? a super show, but it's opposite spring break. Yeah, oh, it's. Really? I think it's so eight or nine at spring break. So there's going to be some overlap with that. I know the Briscoes are announced for that, so. I was just oh, gonna say, I they're wonder, probably going to have to pull double, but people do that. People yeah, have always done that. Double. Yeah, it's double. easy. You can open the show at, you know, they'd probably be in a pretty, pretty high spot on, um, on the WrestleCon show, but not a super high spot on spring break. So I would, I would say, but you also have the clusterfuck. So you can put them on spring break part two, um, before the clusterfuck, kind of like how they did, you know, EYFBO and the rock and roll express in New York. Um, you know, give them maybe like a tag team dream match, or you can, you know, they, they even have the rematch in line with Gage and, and Tremont for the titles again, but they might be able to do that without the restrictions. Um, so we'll see. Briscoes are a name that, that they're also going to work the ROH show on Friday, I'm sure. So yeah, it's, they're, they're going to be around. Uh, they are. I mean, who knows when Khan finally brings them in? I don't know if he will. Um, but I mean, them and FTR are still a match that's got to happen. Yeah. Somewhere, right? right? Yeah, I you know, I'm anticipating WrestleMania weekend to still be super fun and the indies is always an a plus towards that. Um which ones are you gonna try to be watching from home? Spring break? Um, I mean, I'll do the full like package with fight. I did that last year and I ended up watching almost everything because what's cool about fight is even if you're not watching it live, you can start it from the beginning. Yeah, I mean mean, definitely the spring break, so I'll probably watch those live. I would say the spring breaks. The only thing that would be tough. Yeah. The only thing that would be tough about the clusterfuck is 12.01 AM Dallas. Oh, this is 1 AM here. So that's the next, that's not going to happen live. That'll be the next morning. Um, I mean, I might watch the Lucha show on Friday night because I can always burn through SmackDown and DVR after, but you know, I'm, I'm more interested in what ROH does on Friday. Um, I know they're running Gresham and Bandito, um, that's going to be kind of their reboot. That's that's one that interests me. Is that, um, and I'm is also that an interested in show? what Impact does. 
Yeah. Impact is Friday at WrestleCon. And then ROH is not even in Dallas. It might be like the next town over. But they're opposite each other on Friday. Friday night. So Friday night, GCW's got the World On show, the Lucha show. ROH is running out of town. Impact's running at WrestleCon. And then you've got the SmackDown Hall of Fame show at the arena. So that's going to be the, the spot that. I think some of those shows are going to suffer. ROH might not do that well because it's not as easy to get to. Impact might do okay because they'll have like those WrestleCon like package holders that'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they ran their pay per view in Dallas um, in January, so they probably have some good residual there as far as like locals that'll pop up to just that show. Um, so I think that they do, they do. I mean, losing Josh Alexander for them sucks. For sure, um, because yeah, he was kind of their best like, in-ring guy. Yeah. Their main, they they're have a show this Saturday. Well. well, let's let's just talk about them really quickly. They have a show this Saturday, and their main event title match is Moose against um, W. Morrissey, which is um, Colin Cassidy. Big, now, is that his name? Was it Colin Cassidy? Big Cass. Big Cass. It's big Cass. I couldn't even think of Big Cass because now I've got W. Morrissey on the brain. But that's a world title match. Moose and, and Big Cass. Get the fuck out of here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whatever. Good for Impact. Is anybody really on the here. planet, like, is anybody on the planet, like, I gotta go pay to watch Moose and Big Cass, you know? Maybe Big Cass's mom. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but that's our, that's, that's our indie corner slash ROH slash Impact since whatever. But, uh, all right, Mike, well, you know, the Saudi prince appreciates you stopping by and doing this for us. I will always be here for him. And you, you especially. <laughs> if you need me for Saudis, I'm your guy. Well, I don't want, like, just Logan just did NXT. Shiflet did the WrestleMania rebook. I'm like, man, I'm like cat putting guys in fucking slots and I don't even realize it. So I like to shake it up and stuff. But um, I appreciate, you know. It's all good. I mean, this is, I got, I got more into the Saudi show last time that we did this, um, and I already feel like I'm more interested in the show now that I've been thinking about this one all day, preparing for this, so I think it'll be a good time. Um, I mean, the last Saudi show was one of their best pay-per-views of the year last year, and I don't think, looking at this card, we're going to have that, because we don't have, like, the Edge Rollins like we had on that show, but I mean, I don't know, yeah. this chamber might be pretty damn good. Yeah, they had three, they had four, honestly, they had four mega matches with the women's three-way Lesnar and Brock for the first time in a while. Biggie and Drew, and then the tra- the the Hell in the Cell. So they they had like pillar matches. This time they just have a really deep, solid card, and it should be a good show, oh, as always. But uh, all right, Mike, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Later, man. Later.